What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Boardroom Out of Office. And today, I'm sitting here with somebody who, if you are in the industry, you know well, but if you are a consumer or a fan of the industry, you may not know well, and that has been by design. Please welcome to the show, my friend, Mr. Bay Frazier. Thanks for having me, Rich. Pleasure to be here. Of course, man. And there's a lot of exciting new things in your life, which is why I reached out and wanted to have you on. And I have to be honest, I thought it was 50-50 you would say yes, because even when our staff Googled you and wanted to kind of learn this backstory that I knew just from hearsay and, and, and knowing you and Mello, there was so little on you. And I would imagine that that is what you wanted. Um, you grew up in Baltimore, right? Correct. And were you an athlete as a kid? Yeah, I played all sports, baseball, football, basketball. Nothing to go to the next level, but high school, little high school. But that you, was it. You knew early you weren't. I was a diehard. I'm a sports fanatic. Yeah. You know, so. Is be more, like, the way I look at New York City is, like, I want people to know I'm from New York City. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. And I want people to understand that my personality is, like, defined by where I'm from. Do you feel that way about Baltimore? Absolutely. Like, Baltimore is that, you know. That gritty, just a smaller, smaller version. Yeah, like New York City, um, basically like one of the boroughs. Just small, but it's a gritty town. I love it. Like people talk, you know, you hear so much negativity, but I love it. Like I just, yeah. I go back. I love, my home is still there on the outskirts, but it's still I'm still yeah. in the city all the time. I get it. It's like some people don't get it. Some people like. They get all first plane smoking out of New York, or like they grew up in Baltimore and they. Hey mom, when I'm 18, I'm out of here. But like, I I feel like I'm balanced and at my best when I'm in my hometown. Still to this day, yeah. You feel that way still? Exactly, because I moved. You know, every place that Mellow. I lived in Denver, lived in New York, lived in L.A. for a second, Houston for a yep. second, Oklahoma City. So I've seen everything. You know, moving around and always came back. I kept yeah. my home there. Yeah. When did you meet Mellow? I've been knowing Melo since he was about 10, like youth basketball, watching him play. And then we actually got close when he was 15. He had a um, – it's a spot called the Dome, Madison Dome, where yeah. everybody played. I took him over there to play. It's an, another kid by the name of LaFonte Johnson that I was like a mentor to that was actually had committed to UNLV. And at the time, Bill Baino was the coach, and he wanted to see Melo. So I brought Mello over as a 15-year-old. 15, 15 he came to play, and when I picked him up from the neighborhood, brought him over from that night on, he was with me. Was he, was he not, was he just like, it was a myth, and like people knew this kid could play, but he wasn't well, in the mix yet? I actually didn't know anything about him at the time. He had a name as a youngin', but as a young kid, like I had a, a VHS tape of him <laughs> scoring like 45 points at 10, you know? That's so, but um, nobody really knew at that point what he was gonna be. He was six feet. My height as a freshman, then he sprouted a sophomore year to like 6'5". So that was the year when we got kind of yeah. close. And what I used to do back home, and Kevin can attest to this, we used to do these Baltimore versus D.C. games. I used to put them together, and it would be like pros, semi-pros, and the younger group would be mellow, and I would have a team. That's how, you know. Yeah. He used to get mad at me because I used to be like, I used to send them to the – Concession stand for me, stuff like that. He <laughs> ate that story, but yeah, that's how we got. We got pretty tight at 15. He didn't leave my side. And where I lived, he was actually going to summer school at the school right down the street. I could be leaving out of my house, and he'd be coming up the hill. And I'm like, "What you doing, man? I got, yeah. you know, I got my own life to live." He'd be like, "Nah, I'm just." It just pop up. So that's how it was. 
it was just like him is backpacking his ball. Yep. And it's funny, you mentioned DC, um, B-more, and KD. Uh, when we did this film uh, on PG County during the pandemic and all the mm-hmm. players that came from there, sometimes like people in the um, research or in, in the director's room would be like, yo, what about this kid? And then someone would be like, nah, he's from B-more, um, yeah. man. He ain't from, he ain't from DC. Yeah, they get it mixed up. Was there, is there like a clear delineation of like the type of ball players that came from like PG in the DC area as opposed to Baltimore for people that were from there? Absolutely. It's it's so close, but it's so different. Yeah. Even with the players, like DC is more like more flash, ball handling, shooting, and we just like tough. Yeah. Play hard, could do it all, you know, it, and it's, it kind of balances out. Because when you say DMV, you can't include Baltimore in that. No, I know. It's separate. Yeah. So when they say DMV is Virginia, DC, surrounding counties of DC. Yeah, like PG County. It's not, like not it's Baltimore. sans Baltimore, though. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And when you when you met Mello, were you are you a good deal older than him, or what's like yeah. the age difference? Like ten. So like did you feel years. like he he needed, you know, because KD had that same type person, like for him, it was like, if I don't reach out, like this may not go exactly where it's supposed to go. Did you feel some of that responsibility seeing him? At the time, it wasn't really a lot of pressure, but his neighborhood. I'm from East Baltimore. He's from West. So he grew up right by the Murphy Holmes projects that they tore down. That was he lived right there where the wire was filmed, like right there, right. So it's like he felt the pressure of his neighborhood. So you know he wanted to get out. So me picking him up, having him with me all day was just a relief from him having to go yeah. back around there to deal with the, yeah. that stuff. You know, so that's what it was. So because the wire, obviously, for people outside of of um, Baltimore, like. Again, it's always split. I've heard people talk about, like, man, I've been to Baltimore. I don't, I don't feel like it's exactly yeah. like that. But it's exactly like that. It I pretty wouldn't well. say, like, it's pockets, like, everywhere. Like, that inner city, yeah, it's exactly like, of course, they're doing, they, you know, redoing the neighborhoods. They tore down most of the high-rise projects. So, like, you're right there, though. If you, you ever been to Harbor East, like, with the yeah. Four Seasons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally. Two blocks over was all projects, like where Muggsy Bowes and all them grew up at. Like, that's East Baltimore. Like, but Oreos, Camden Yards, projects. Mello used to squeegee and sell T-shirts there. So it's like that close to downtown. But, I mean, you, it's it's nice. It's, it's nice. You just got to go yeah, to yeah, the yeah. right spot. Everybody had their different spots. Especially in cities. Live. That's like if you're exactly. you know, in a city. I was. I actually just drove by the Upper West Side the other day and, and like dawned on me again like, oh, here at the Amsterdam Project's two steps from legitimately the most expensive building in New York City on See? Central Park West. That's just like hard for people that didn't grow up in a city to understand. Yeah. Yep. Um, and w- did you want to be in sports like professionally or were you not even thinking about it at that point? I always went, I knew I wasn't going to make it as a player. So I was always around a guy. Like when I was young at my local recreation center, I used to keep the score for guys like Reggie Lewis and Herman Reed that played at Syracuse. Uh, who else played? There's a lot of guys. And Reggie Dwayne Lewis from Farrell. Baltimore? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Reggie Lewis grew up right around the corner from my grandmother. Damn. In East Baltimore. Yep. He was nice. Nice. And I saw him at the beginning. I was a young kid, take like, you know, I was keeping the stats. Yeah. You know, in the recreation center, traveling like real quick. I went to a, a like our rec and another rec, Cecil Kirk, where all them guys come from, like Rudy Gay, all them guys yeah. played at. We went to see a game. Lynn Bias, who was my favorite player of all time, 
at the time. Lynn Bias played against Reggie Lewis, who was at Northeastern. We took a, a trip, like, from our recreation center, had some vans that went over, and we watched that game. It was one of the best games I ever saw. But what was, which, what was really crazy, I'm in the parking lot walking back to the van, and I see this tall guy. Like, he looked like eight feet at the time. It was Manute Bow. He had just came <laughs> over walking with this little lady. Oh, my God. He, like, scared me. I'm a little, you know, yeah. kid. And I see him, like, yeah, the stories, you know. And we had no, no one had seen – where Manute, like, this kid Victor is incredible to watch. But in a lot of ways, Manute Bowl was more like when we yeah. first saw him because exactly. no one was seven foot six, seven foot seven. Yep. And honestly, that dude used to pull up from three. Yeah, remember, that? remember that? Yeah, this parade starts right, shooting pull three. behind his head. Yeah. Oh, man. I, it's, so be more hoopers you'll put up against any city? Any, any city. And we won – most of them games when we played D.C. You know, the Urban Coalition in yeah. D.C.? It was one Baltimore team that would go and play all of them. I was a young kid going over on a van with them watching, getting in the game. It was so tough getting in those games. So everybody played over there. That was like the best basketball I've did, ever seen. Did KD and Melo have any epic high school battles? No, nah, they like their four ages years were two, apart. Yeah. So KD came after. But I had, I talked to KD a couple times. Like He came over and played uh, – in a couple places. He would give you a story, like, you know, when he came over, he almost <laughs> yeah, yeah, the door yeah. down, he went the St. Francis Academy. Like, that big game that I did in Baltimore during the lockout with Katie Braun. Yeah, yeah. And that happened from social media, from Twitter. Like, they said the league in D.C. was the best. You know, they had the league in L.A. And Melo had a great league at his Melo Center at the time. So we start, like, tweeting. And Katie, like, nah. So the game supposed to start it at the Melo Center, which only held about – a few hundred people. We did all of this in like four days. Then the next day it went to St. Francis Academy, just a little bit bigger. So we had to reach out to Morgan State. Got the game done in like three days. It was it was DC, you did DC B-more or was Yep, DC B-more. And Billy Hunter was the- Yeah, just players player. in. He had a, at a local restaurant I set up for him to meet with Braun, Mello, CP. Oh, wow. Before the game, about the lockout. Yep. Now that's that, that game was crazy. Yep. Caught, it was a moment. Yeah, it was definitely a moment. You know who randomly told me? I mean, it's 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 probably I love this guy. I want to preface I love this guy, and none of our listeners will know him, but you know him. But C Bell told me him and Melo had a battle once. Yeah, C Bell. C Bell was pretty good. He yeah. went to a local school that was about fifteen minutes from where I grew up. He went to Loyola for a second. Yeah, Loyola he told college. me. C Bell was good. He could shoot it. He put them pounds on now, but, you know. <laughs> C. Bell is uh, one of Katie's, you know, best friends and longest friends. Actually, the triangle that me and Katie had, we got with Charlie like six, seven, eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But Charlie used to always tell me like, man, me and Melo had a back and forth one night. And I know the story, like Melo's probably like, wait, what night was that again? I don't, <laughs> but yeah. for C. Bell, that was like the night. Yep. C. Bell was good. So when Melo went into the league and got drafted by Denver, what was kind of the expectation now coming from Baltimore, being that you had held them down? Um, and knowing, and, and we've talked about this, that like the role of uh, agent was not what was attractive to you as much as doing what you did, building from a grassroots perspective, building from a management perspective, and making sure he was good. I mean, yep. I think everybody in the league always like – sees you and knows that like if there's one relationship in that ecosystem that's like unbreakable that you always have this man's back and vice versa it's you and Melo was that all the expectation was when he went pro or did you feel like all right cool what are we doing now like what are we building yeah I kind of you know 
loyalty is our biggest gift amongst both of us. Like we, nothing can break us up. We're yeah. loyal to each other. But going into the, into the draft, like I prepared. You know, at that moment, I didn't really know what was going to happen. Like, coaches just started coming up to me like, uh, you the guy. Like, we need to talk to you. Started with Troy Weave at Syracuse. So, you know, he kind of – I kind of fell into that position. He wanted me to handle these things for him. I had experience because my peers were like Michael Lloyd, McDonald's All-American, you know, Keith Booth, Dante yeah. Bright, those guys that, you know, around my age that I used to hang with. They were my boys. And I met Bill Duffy – because he was Michael Lloyd's agent back then. And I didn't really know too much about the business business. Yeah. So I actually got a job at a law firm through a guy, you, you know, a uh, guy named Mike Anderson. He played at Maryland. He played football and basketball. Yeah, he had I, a leukemia. Remember yeah, he had leukemia? yeah, I know he is. Yep. So he introduced me to my attorney at the time. And I started working there. Like, you know, learning the business, putting this whole thing together. Like, you know, I created... Mellow Enterprises, which I'm a part of, and Frazier Management. Built those out, had them up and running right before the draft. Like, everything yeah. prepared, and I had a relationship with Bill Duffy. So, I remember going to Duff, did an all-star game in D.C. Yao Ming was coming over. I'm trying to tell Duff about yeah. Mellow. Oh, about Mellow. Well, he's the only thing he worrying about is, you know, yeah. is Yao Ming coming over. And, you know, <laughs> was, that was about right. He was right, time. but... He should have paid attention to Melo, too. He didn't. Nobody really knew at the time, but Sonny Vaccaro, and I got to mention his name, he was an inspiration because he helped me along the way That's with amazing. all of this. Did you see Air? Yeah, absolutely. So good. Great. Yeah, because Sonny was my guy. He kind of helped me along the way and put me in certain positions. You know, for, it's all about relationships, yep. so meeting certain people. And I kind of piggybacked that on, built it, built it out. So I never wanted to be an agent, like I said, and – me being his manager, making sure thing. He was young. His mom wanted yeah. me to be with him. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and at the time, I only had a son. You know, so I was big. Yeah. And Melo, he was along the ride with us as well. And you were like, I'm, I'm taking this journey. Yep. So. And that's crazy. You went to, like, from where you went, and next thing you know, you're working at a law firm starting mm -hmm. companies. And I talk about that a lot as it, I look at my career as the power of sports and like to think about like how quickly it was the relationship you form with Melo and then you find yourself, um, you know, in the NBA and working with him in the NBA. Were you shocked at a little bit of how the industry was back then in terms of, yeah, back then it was about agents. There was no like, you know, Mav and, and Rich and them hadn't built the infrastructure mm -hmm. and what you guys had done, you hadn't built that infrastructure. The model was more traditional. And it was like, okay, we go to the agency and, like, what's the guy doing next to him? And people are always trying to break everyone up and getting in everybody's business. Did you feel like this is not what, like, I thought this shit was? No, I kind of, you know, I was, I was kind of, I grew up in that kind of environment, being from the city. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have seen, been around a lot. And it didn't surprise me. I'll say that because, you know, going to, it was similar to what I was coming from, but on a business level. So when the people back then, and it's all coming around, it's like a 360. The same stuff that was happening is just more, it's, you can do more right yeah. now, which they should have done back then. But like then it was about the agent, 
getting with the right agent. But you still had the typical street agents that, yeah, the, you know, yeah, the, the runners. runners, all that shit. Yeah. It was more runners back then. Yeah, right? but you there know, was so, a stigma on that person as opposed exactly. to now that person is powerful. Powerful, but back then the runner was like a, you know, slumber. Yeah. You know, like, a you don't want to mess yeah. with that. He yeah, hustling, yeah. he doing this, with, you know. But, and I didn't want to be labeled that because yeah. I only had the relationship with Melo. So I was yep. making sure my guy was right. You know, so yeah, that word early on, like when even when I came over from music to sports, if someone was like, "What's you basically a runner?" Like, shh, like the record stops. Yeah, you don't want to be called a runner, man. And now, though, I understand. Now I understand that that role is actually like powerful because there is a pure, there's like a true disconnect, and that's why these new models have been created because athletes are too smart they're too astute as businessmen and women when they're coming into the league because of relationships like you and Melo had when yep. you're younger you're getting game and now over time elites and all these different options these kids are so aware that then you come into the league and these agencies know that like how are we really some people can do it but how do we really communicate and understand our the athlete or understand where they've come from and that role went from like runner to like an integral part I see in so many of these operations. And now is like a role that I feel like has to be groomed better. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was even listening to Rich Paul on um, Rap Radar last week and he was talking about like the guy next to the athlete and how important it is for that person to actually take that role as seriously as the athlete takes their role, hone their skill set, yep. learn, be curious, ask questions. And a lot of what that role is at times is flexing as opposed to actually, you know, working. You know, you got the floor seat, let everybody know you yeah. with the guy, but you're not really doing anything. You never did it that way. Like, never. it always amazed me. Melo's been one of the most famous athletes in the world for the last 15, 20 years. But unless you know, you would never know. Why, like, did you, did, was it always by design? Was there a moment where you were like, yo, let me just fall back? Was it part of just your upbringing and knowing that like move in silence? Exactly. What people, so, people didn't know who you were. And I liked it like that, you know, because where I came from, it was a stigma already. You know, people, you hear the chirps and the whispers of certain things, even with the college recruiting, they'll label you something that you really, because they didn't know me. Yeah. So going into, going into the business, I mean, just, just just my demeanor. I'm a laid back guy, you know. I don't really take no trash, no shit. But I'm laid back until that moment. If I had to step up, I step up. It's on. You know, Melo knows that. So I had his back 100. percent And moving into the business, I just kept kept it going the same way. But when we were in meetings, business meetings, they get it. Like yeah. I had people like, "Hey, you know, you you know, you kind of intimidating, right?" And I'm like, "I'm just being myself." You know, so and like going back to like the runner and people being in these positions. I remember we were at the Olympics in London 2012 and I was on a bus with C. Bell and them, you know, and I'm giving them, telling them like this, how it should go down. This is what you need to do. This is what's going to happen. You know, I'm giving them advice that I don't really, you know, give out. But, you know, I've been knowing C. Bell, you know, so I let them know what's going to happen, how he should carry it. But a lot of guys not saying it was C. Bell, a lot of guys that didn't are in those positions, they don't last because they do exactly what you said. They want to be out in floor seats and moving around. Like Rich Paul, Mav, and all, we came into it together. I knew them. They're still a little younger than me. So, you know, they still my guys, but, you know, I see how they built it. I see how they – it was great. It was yeah. a great move. So they all my guys, you know. I get – you know, we give each other. 
advice. We talk about it all. I just called Rich, talked to him another day. Like, yep. they, we all tight. And Randy is my guy. Yeah. So. Well, it's definitely things that, like, you know, and I've even – I didn't come up with you guys, but now I'm on 10, 11 years with Kevin, and there's very few people that you can kind of say, yo, this is what I'm going through or this is some of the things Absolutely. that I ran into and that you could fully understand and understand all the, like, complexities, right? So it's like when someone comes up to you and says in New York, like, yo, man, why KD ain't going to the Knicks? Why you ain't tell him to go to the Knicks? <laughs> Why don't you tell them? Yeah, like, that, like, is that, if that was all it was. Like, why don't you just tell them? Like, nah, you don't. You don't understand. You just don't understand. You're still reading like the magazines from the '80s, and I think that that's what's really important. And it's amazing you do that because now you see that that's a viable role. Like, if you grow up with an athlete or not, regardless of the fact, that's a mm -hmm. viable role, right? To say to yourself, like, all right, I want to get in the industry. I want to be close to athletes, I can communicate, I understand how to be loyal and protective and play my part and learn and be patient. And it's amazing that you're talking to, to you know, the younger people in those roles that are looking up to you because that is what you'll hear. You'll hear someone be like, yo, I want to be like Bay to Mello or I'm trying to be Rich Paul. And even though it's not as easy as that, it's not exactly. like insert friend next to, that's not how it works. It's unequivocally never going to be how it works. It's the opposite. Never. It's harder. It was harder for them to do what they did, harder for you to do what you did because it was your man. Yep. Seriously, it's harder. But that game was never given. There was no game to give. That, just, absolutely that was actually right. off limits to talk yep. about. So it's amazing. But it's, it's also like I, I wouldn't say I was shocked when I heard that you were going to start running Vayner basketball and standing in front of it, but I was shocked. <laughs> Not shocked <laughs> at – the fact that you don't have the skill set, but I know you've done well for yourself. You and Melo have seen and done it all, right? Like mm -hmm. you traveled. And I know for me, you know, psychologically, it was always complicated when I when I left Rock Nation and Kevin and I started our own thing was, well, I don't know if I can work with other talent again because I'm trying to build businesses and I want to I want to build something that's ours. And then, you know, emotionally what you go through, like you couldn't probably even begin to recount what you've gone through with Mellow emotionally and like how much went into it. And days where like your kids couldn't even get that same emotion from you because you had to yep. do it for Mellow. And then to think about like, damn, am I really thinking I'm going to do that again? But I imagine you're not ever going to do that again. That's not what this was yeah. about. But what was it that drew you to to being a bit more in front, coming to talk to me and doing this with someone like Gary V, who, you know, is loud in an amazing way, but he's loud. <laughs> yeah, so organically, it just made sense because of our relationship. My relationship with Melo and knowing that, you know, he's winding down his career. So I, I thought about it like, you know, he's, you know, I'm looking at my next step. Like, what should I do? Should I still get yeah. you know, kids reach out to me all the time, have my own program, team mellow basketball. But, you know, after speaking to like you know, of course, you know Joey, Joey Middleton. Joey yeah. had a conversation with Gary. I only knew Gary through Mellow. It was nothing personal at yep. the time. Yep. So, but I, you know, I looked at everything during COVID. They did, you know, what's in your glass? Gary was on there. I saw this guy with all this energy. So when Joey came to me with this situation, like, would you be interested? Because Joey, him and I have been trying to do things for the longest. We just didn't. It'll get you to the finish line and you might fall before you get over there. So it was one of them situations like, Joey, not again. Yeah. You know, so when he brought it to my attention, I said, I, I spoke to Melo first, like, what you think? Ah, oh, you should 
definitely looking to it. You know, I'm, I'm winding down. I know you like to be laid back. I'm sure this, this might be the platform for yeah. you. So I thought about it. it. Took me about five days. Reached back out to Joey. Joey set it up. We did a Zoom with Gary. I had to do a little bit of investigation on everything and did my research. So after speaking to Gary and AJ, who was also on the call, and them being, AJ is a little younger guy. He's like in my age group. His energy. Yeah. Like, you know, his energy. Then, then AJ kind of, it reminded me a little bit of Mellow and myself. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But the total opposite is, you know, Gary with the energy, Mellow's energy would be him being yeah, a basketball being player. Mellow. And I'm being Bay. So that was one of my questions. I said, Gary, if I can be Bay Frazier, that's my first question. If I could be Bay Frazier, then I'm cool. Like, we just got to talk through some things. We talked for about 10 minutes. And Gary just had, he knew. And then I didn't really know that. My thing is, I, I like to let people talk and feel them out. And he was doing a lot of thinking. Like, you could see, like, as he talked, and I, and I like that. That's what I, I'd see in myself. So once we, we did that, we had that conversation. We just hit it off. Like Gary was saying his interviews, I wouldn't say it, but he said it. It was like a marriage. <laughs> you know, like, you know, we, we vibed. I would say we vibed, we hit it off, and it was Valentine's Day of all days. So February 14th is the day we first, the first That's Zoom it. that we actually did. It went well. I got off the phone, I started making calls. Yep. Called Mello again, called Asani, yep. you know, you know, you know spoke on everything what should i do like this platform need to get yourself out there put your brand out there finally been yep. 20 years man you know how mellow yeah 20 what you doing like come on yeah so i was like all right let me and that's the best feeling right because even though that's your man he's your little brother yep. getting that like yo go do Ooh, that exactly. from him is powerful I, I still look for it i mean i think that's like ultimately the difference in the characteristic between a manager and like an athlete is that like, you know, we are ultimately in the service industry, right? So when you go yep. and get that validation, like when Melo says like, nah, you gotta do this, this is perfect yep. for you. That's, you still need that, that's a, that battery a little bit. Yep. And and that situation with Gary and AJ, Greg Ginsky, they are yep. co-CEOs. They had this thing about them, like it's a lot of freedom. And freedom comes with Bay Frazier. I need that freedom. Yeah. I need to be myself. So. <laughs> AJ is here, you know, Gary is all over the place. Greg is in Cali with a tan and surfer tie. He was on the beach like, the first time I talked to him, his background, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You see the waves going up, where yeah. are you? That's just speed. Yeah, so, you know, I like that, that they were free in the way they worked. They did their work and it was it, it was compelling to me. Like, I liked everything about it and the platform. Like, I went to their office in Hudson Yards, I didn't know what I was walking into. Like, yeah, you special. Know, so, I remember watching like Wolf on Wall Street, how crazy it was. I look, I walk into the office like, like what the hell is this? He's <laughs> like, yeah, computers up, all these companies. I like, oh, yeah, and the energy's man. loud. Energy's and crazy. And it's and I and Gary is Gary. The one probably little known fact is how much Gary actually knows about basketball. I mean, and I'm not talking about like knowing the players and the stats and being at games because I'm talking about like you know people that are wired they either get it it's like if you can speak a language or you can't yep. and then there's levels even within speaking the language but gary knows basketball and then you couple that with the platform and then the uniqueness of it which is something that i loved right which was that 
it would have been cool if you went to one of the bigger agencies. I still would have thought it was surprising and cool. But that to me was like, okay, this was thought. This was strategy. This is like a perfect balance of skill sets. Like none of the, no one in that foursome can do what you do. And okay. none of one in that foursome can do what Gary does. And I, I know AJ too. I don't know Greg, but if he's on the beach running the agency, <laughs> then I like his speed. Yeah. So those are always the best setups, right? If you yeah. went somewhere where you was just competing now with other agents looking to eat and Mellow's winding down and your Mellow's got like the narrative, which we talked about, yeah. could have could have not been the right energy going into this. And I would imagine for you, it's gotta be good energy, period. Are you not doing it? Absolutely, it would have been organic. I had those opportunities years and years. I'm sure, year yeah. To go, and I was involved in different companies, of course, because of Mellow, but uh, you know, I had those opportunities to do those things that wouldn't have been right. During COVID was one experience that people don't know. I, I actually sat back and like, you know what, I'm going to start my own thing. Yeah. So I came up with a name, talked to a lawyer. Joey was on hand again, and I put it out there, and the response I got was great. Yep. But the financial piece, you don't understand how much you got to build. But I was going full throttle, like football, baseball, and basketball, not just trying to start basketball. You were just going I after it. Everything. And then when I reached out to certain people, they, they, were, they were with it. Like, I'm with you. Like, if we could do this. I met with baseball agents that had clients, football guy had clients. You know, basketball, yeah. of course, was my thing. I got people, I ain't going to say a name, but I can't even speak on that. Like, certifications <laughs> of the NBA and people kind of, once they get to a certain point, they think you, they're bigger than what they are. Yeah. Now, you got to tell a person, like, it, it kind of blew me. So I kind of fell back. Like, they wanted to. Thought they were more important. Like, you can't get in these doors. Yeah. You don't know these yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. All right, you're an attorney. Now you're an agent. But what? Yeah. Who do you know? Exactly. Like, nobody's going with you. So I just kind of fell back. Another opportunity came to me. So I just let it go. You know, it was, it was kind of tough because it was COVID. But I got a lot done during COVID just by Zooms and phone calls. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, after we start going and basketball started back up. And Mello was going through, you know, some tough times then with the teams and all that. Yep. So I wanted to have give him hundred percent of my time. So well, it feels like it's the it's the right place. I get it. And I and I'm really big on that. Like the idea that it's different is 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 refreshing, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that like there's a there's a certain thing that athletes are looking for now too, that while they may not always communicate it or know yet how to communicate exactly what they want, there's an energy around Gary and Vayner, which is is what like this young generation is craving, right? Like the ability to do things on their own, control it, make big moments and understand how to use your digital footprint. And these are just things that like you'll be able to bring into what you do well and, and scale that thing quick, I would imagine. Absolutely. Like building their personal brands. Yeah. That's what Vader is Gary can you know yep. good test of that by looking at Gary everything he does yeah you know he, he's on you, you got a lot of guys that follow him not just basketball a lot of athletes entertainers oh so yeah that caught my attention and like we've done a few presentations already I'm sitting on the zoom like shit this like is listen good. to him like and it's real yeah I only know how to be real I don't sugarcoat it I'm 100% real when I'm on it. If I can't do this, I'm not going to say I could do it. I know guys that are just saying, I'm like, no, nah, I had to stop. Yeah. Like, no, nah, we not, you know. Yeah. So, but Gary, when he gets on there, we click. Like, we go off and then AJ kind of settles it out. 
he does his thing, you know. Yep. You know, the big brother, little brother, yep. they kind of even each other out. But the platform and you being able to come over and build your personal brand, like it's a it's a boutique agency, mm -hmm. but we work like a larger company. Is that is that the goal, like to keep the clientele kind of more curated and, and smaller, but really focus on building yeah, business? absolutely, you know, more, you know, not, Quantity is not what we really look yeah. for. Quality, and we we kind of pushing toward. Well, you got to make some exceptions. You know how this business is. Of course, if if, if Vic, uh, Vic wants you, was an asshole, absolute asshole. We still signing. Is he? No, he's not. Oh, you no, say, I'm just saying. If I was he like, was, damn, I love this breaking no, news. No. Homeboy is a dick. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm just saying, if he was, that's the exception. You know, you yeah, gotta, yeah, you got to overlook that. that. We could get yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outside know? of so, these transcendent players, like there's got to be a certain spirit of the partnership. Exactly, and then you could get that more so with like the vets. Yeah, if you're going into it like more vets coming into it, I, I looked at that aspect of it going into it because it was late in the game. It was February. I ain't anticipating signing anybody yeah. for this draft. We just started. We officially launched April 1st. So, but some things that fell in our lap, we had to like prepare real fast. I think we did a hell of a job with a couple of things, but you gotta get the right people in place. And that's Without what I'm question. trying to work on right now. And moving forward, like right now, upcoming, we're gonna, you know, press these guys, these younger guys now, NIL, you know, they've been yep. doing their thing. Like, Gary is an expert on yeah. that. Vayner that does their thing. So I like that aspect. I got some guys that I want to get to now, high school, college, get, you know, freshmen that we want to, you know, look out, search out, and start talking to. We already have started conversations. And then a lot of veterans who've know, who know Gary, yeah. they're interested. So we feel in those thing we do, that's all i've been doing moving and shaking yeah so i'm still trying to put the whole company together yeah. agents put they oh, have yeah. the plaque like i'm not starting from scratch that was number one i saw how hard that was yes when i was trying to do my company so the platform is there we just start basketball it's excitement like yeah i didn't even have social media until last june because of the business i remember deal. and i it fell through didn't go through and i'm, I'm stuck with instagram now <laughs> for nothing and <laughs> But this piece, I know I have to have it, and my DM's been lit. It worked, man. It was like loud. Random people hit me up. You know, yep. I entertain some of them. Some sound like I talked to a guy yesterday, and then you, they kind of talk on, you know, their relationships with some people. And I'm saying it was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know about this. That's so I mean, funny. 2023, you're like, yeah, I entertain some of these DMs, like, because you haven't been on this shit for the last yep. 15 years when the whole world has been on it. But some of them might come through Vayner. Yeah. You know, and they the ones I try to get back to, see if it'll work, you know. So I'm building it out. We still it's just what, six weeks in. Yeah, no, I love it, man. So and, we, and we moving. What do you what do you see different about players today and, and the NBA culture today? Obviously like NIL has changed and some of the things that like all of us had to be so careful about or or, you know, in your case, reputational shit that was which was bullshit came into play because of people not understanding like how the NCA saw things. It was all nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's all wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. Is it working in your mind? It's working. It's working? It's not only, it's the culture period. So the culture of this, even in music, you know, the culture has changed. The younger guys are smarter. Yeah. They know how to get to the bag. Yep. This NIL piece help. You got high school kids that, that are getting millions. Yep. You know what I mean? 
you, Angel Reese, who I know, I know her parents, I know her aunts, her brother from Baltimore. She's all of Baltimore, you know, and she's doing her thing. She's being herself. Yeah. And look, all it from one from the before the tournament. She had maybe 500, 600,000 followers after the tournament. I don't know where she had. Probably now. like she two like, million now. Yeah, so. like it's crazy. Yeah. Swimsuit model, like Angel goes hard. Yeah, like she been like that. You know, I, I used didn't to give realize her, she she's wear the same B-Mart. size sneakers as me. For real, so I used to give her the, give her sneakers. You her guy. Wow, yeah, ten and a half. I didn't know she was from B more. That makes yeah, sense she though. I see that B more edge. Played. I see that edge. All women. Her, her, uh, her mom, her aunts, they play. That's amazing. And I assume good. you'll be signing men and women, right? Yeah. WNBA on fire. They're on fire. On fire. So I've been getting DMs out. with some of the young girls that are good now. And yeah. That's why I have to have certain people in place to, you know, you got, I'm all over the place. So yep. look at this. I pretty much, I'm I'm in tune with it because we have, Melo and I founded Team Melo Basketball in 2005. Yep. So we got all the guys coming through now. You know, that are coming that, through. You know, that is true. You, we haven't mentioned it is that, like, you really, in a lot of ways, created a blueprint, right? Like, we have Team Durant, but Team Melo's been around since 2005. Mm-hmm. You've been integral in building that and overseeing that. And that's obviously kept you very connected to grassroots basketball. Um, how, has the AAU changed drastically for you, like, seeing that world now? Yeah, it's a big difference. It's a business now. It's a full business. business. And you can operate it publicly. Like a business. It's a bit, and you, you see the people that you have there. Yeah. Like you go to Nike EYBL session, and it's crazy. Yeah. The who's who is there. So the kids know it. They get like, like, Cayenne, he's blown up. It's like the next step. Like, I, I'm seeing this all over again from Mellows when he was a freshman to sophomore, he grew, and like his skill set. He doesn't have that, that mm in him yet, like Mello. But the skill set is crazy. He's dead, but he's more seasoned. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? He yeah. gets it. Great well, kid, I would imagine, smart kid. I could be wrong, and, and Kyan looks incredible. And I just saw him in Mellow at the Garden the other day. I couldn't believe how tall he was. I mean, they were just like, like the same five, height yeah. looking like standing next to each other. But, it, like, there's a certain edge in that, like, thing, which is a lot of where you also came from, right? Yep. Like, in a lot of that – I would imagine that a lot of NBA kids are have different pressures going in. There's a lot of pressure, like the pressure on him and the amount of focus and attention. That's something that no one could even understand. That's like reserved for like Bronny, Bryce, Kyan, yeah. and like D Wade's kids, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like some of Melo's in here is yeah, he like, has that. He has that. You know, I'm just saying it's it's different. Like you said, like Melo had nothing. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I'm a, you know, I was there when Kai was born. Kai didn't even want to play basketball at first. He did everything else, and he kind of hit when he, especially when he got to New York. You say we sitting courtside at halftime. I never say anything like he'll run on the court, like he's shooting around while the yeah. players shoot. Him and his boys are running on the court. That's... So I, I watched it come to fruition, like, and he just fell in love with the game. And then he works, and his dad, you know, he's right yep. there, hands on with him, and he he like has it. He has that whole thing. You know, you got the mom. She's in the business, so he yeah. has a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. You know, I said this. I talked to Asani the other day, and I talked to her about this. I was at the Nick game when the fans gave Melo that yeah. standing ovation. I, 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 It felt good for me as his friend. It must have felt incredible for you. It was so – look, he's gotten these through the years. That one was different, though, because Ewing was there the night before. Starks was there, and, like, I'm a Knicks baby. So, like, I grew up yeah. on that era. And – that era thinks that like Oakley Starks, 
Ewing that there's nothing in the world like that, like that you can never replicate that. But what I realized, because A, it just meant I'm older, like I got to get over it. I am. I'm not 20 something. And I'm in there thinking like, yo, Ewing about to get the craziest yeah. applause. <laughs> and the yeah. fans are like, they're into him. But then they put Melo up on that screen and you could yeah, tell that this generation of Knicks fans, the last 20 some odd years, like he is the face and they love him. And that was like a moment mm -hmm. in the garden. He must have felt that. Yeah, he definitely felt. Every time we go there, we pop back up. It's the same. Shit, they show me love like that. Yeah, I'm sure, it's bro. It's crazy. Like, I've sure. been there. It's like, it's, it's great. It's great. I don't get that in Oklahoma City. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Man, Oklahoma City. I know. Yeah, difference. It was There's a big difference. Big difference. Big difference. If you want to go chill like the person I am. That's like the yeah, chill spot. It is chill, man. It's chill, but um, yeah, but it ain't it ain't the big city. Absolutely not. Um, before I let you go, is it bittersweet for you watching Melo's career come to an end as a friend, not as a manager? Yeah, as a friend, watching him where he's come from and the whole career, and him be able, to, you know, being able to. I never thought this would happen. You know, I saw how you know he was just good, just so gifted. But all the things that happened, we kind of grew up together in the business, even though I'm older than him. But we had to learn certain things. Like, he still was a kid. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, at this rookie year, I let him be with his boys. You know, I'm going to fall back a little bit, be with my family. Yeah. And then certain things, you know, he want to go back home and the temptations. You know, you want to go home after that. Yeah. I drafted. He's a loyal guy, loyal to his city, does everything philanthropically. That's what people don't speak to him, all yeah. the stuff he's done. Like, it's crazy. It's in insane. Puerto Rico, in Puerto Baltimore, Rico, New York, here. Baltimore. Every city that we went to, yep. he did something. Oklahoma City, Houston a short time, like Feed the Children, Toys for Tap School, uh, what is it? Tools for Teachers. Yep. Everything's done. You guys, have, I will say all of you, I mean, Asani's done such an incredible job in the, in the work that they do. And I just respect it. You guys, you know, move at your own speed. And it reminds me of like when I was coming up in the music industry when people was telling you to move in silence. Like yeah. that's how you're supposed to move. Like you're not supposed to be screaming about your shit, but I'm glad that you're getting out there. And it feels like it's that time. Like you guys built an incredible business with Mello and you know, I know you'll continue to evolve that part yep. of your business, but building this, I think it's important for, I think it's great for you, obviously incredible for Gary, but like it's incredible for these young players. They're about to get like a real resource that wasn't available to them. So Absolutely. I'm excited for you, man. I appreciate it, Rich. Of course, bro. being here. I don't even do these interviews. It's I know. My first one. Probably, it only did it, you know, our relationship. Yeah. I turned I down a lot. That, man. So I know you do. I appreciate it, man. Thanks well, for having me. Thank you, bro. And uh, download the episode. Go to boardroom.tv. Thanks for tuning in. Babe Frazier, Vayner Basketball. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody.